Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, March 7th. This is episode number 188. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Hey, Rod. Uh, welcome to the silly season. Yeah, I think um, you're talking about everybody's coming to Cleveland, right? Is that what you mean? Well, yeah, who we're trading and who we think All this we're stuff, get. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll get into that stuff, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, <laughs> here to help us talk about all the silliness and all the fun. Uh, you know, it, it's fun to think about who might be coming and all that, but uh, but yeah, we know it's not all happening. So um, here to help us is, is Tom Moore from Dogs by Nature. You can follow him at Tom underscore red right 88. Tom? How are you tonight? Hey. hey, guys. How's it going? Um, wow, 188 episodes. I'm impressed. Thanks. Thanks. We've been we've been going for a little while. Um, I always feel bad um, saying that number before I bring in a new guest. Is it's like, yeah, we probably should have had you on earlier. No, that that's good. I um, you know, I've been I do some uh, I've done podcasting in, in my you know in my job in my real job, and I know how hard it is it can be to keep uh, keep it going. So that's uh, that's really uh, yeah I'm impressed. Thanks, thanks. I mean we 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 enjoy doing it, you know. So uh, we like talking to people. We like talking Browns. So so yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. We've been doing it for um, what the numbers work out to three probably three, almost three and a half years now. So on on this podcast and um, I did a little bit of work on some podcasts prior to this, but this one's been going for quite a while now. So. So, uh, so you better start thinking about what you're going to do in 12 weeks, Rod. Oh, for big episode number uh, 200? Yeah, it's well, a milestone. I better start reaching out to some people with poll because I've, I've asked people like Bernie Kozar and, and uh, Joe Thomas to come on, and they haven't responded to me. So so maybe <laughs> <laughs> I'm not you know, big enough the, to get guys like that. So When the, uh, when the TV sitcoms get the 200 episodes they go into syndication and they make yeah. tons of money yeah, yeah. You know? and and guys that's nothing against joe and bernie I, I love both of those guys um i'm sure those guys get so many messages well they got their own day. stuff they're doing well yeah they do their own stuff um yeah <laughs> yeah um that's that's uh, i'm just kind of joking there um if those guys came on one podcast they would have to they would probably feel like they would have to come on everybody's and they can't do that so yeah. so i totally understand so um but you make a great point jeff um we'll have to think about something for number 200 so yeah. so we'll do that so uh let's see let's um before we go any further and dive into brown's talk or anything else we're going to talk about what we're drinking tonight at least a couple of us and tom you are the guest we always let the guest go first so why don't you tell us what you have in front of you there tonight? Uh, I have a little bit of uh, Jack Daniels honey uh, this evening. I was going to go with beer, but it's a little bit late in the evening to have to have a beer. I have, uh, you know, it's Great Lakes uh, Conway's Irish Ale season, which is yeah. the best seasonal beer that they make. So I have a nice stash of that, and I was like, eh, it's a little, a little bit late for that. I need to. Uh, so I'm trying to be an adult and just drink. Uh, some whiskey, you know, straight up. I still have not totally mastered that, much to my embarrassment, but uh, we'll give it a shot here tonight. 
Well, I can reassure you that you're talking to two guys who have never mastered that. Uh, would that be correct, <laughs> Jeff? Uh, yeah, um, even on my best day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know how people do it, but somehow um, I was at a work event a few years ago and we were by the bar and I was talking to these two old, much older gentlemen and they were, you know, the scotch drinkers, a little bit of ice in there. And I just told them, I said, I've tried. I don't know how they're like, oh, no, this is the best way. You just have to just do it. It's wonderful. And then the one gentleman got into this story about how when he was in college back in the 60s, he got introduced to scotch by some woman who said, I'm going to make you be a scotch lover. And I was like, OK, too much information. I don't need to know anymore. Was her name Lola? No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been uh, champagne that tastes like cherry cola. Yeah. L-O-L-A. Yeah. I'm going to make anyway. you a man, boy. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was very free with the story. And he's like, yep. And ever since then, that next morning, I woke up a scotch drinker. So like, OK. Yeah. Scotch wow. in, in one day. That's scotch impressive. Is, scotch yeah. is rough. Yeah, I yeah, I I've tried scotch a couple times and like twenty years apart. And the second time I tried it, it tasted exactly like the first time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, the twice was enough for me. So it's just so, yeah. something I associate with my grandfather. You know, he always right. had a bottle of scotch. Yeah. You know, when you were a little kid, it just seems like something that it's like, no, I, I can't drink that. I'm not old. Uh, right. right, and I know we're offending all kinds of Scotch drinkers out there. So when you, get, when you guys get the angry tweets, just I apologize. Uh, I, I I respect people who can drink that because I I know that uh, you know you know like drinking wine it takes you a while to get used to it, um, especially you know the the better wines and even craft beers and IPAs and things like this. You have to you have to drink some uh, depending on your palate to get used to certain flavors. Man, I can't imagine how for the average person how much scotch they have to drink before it tastes good. Like these guys yeah. really have to pay their dues. Um, that's right. at least that's how it seems to me. So mm -hmm. um, more power to them, you know. Uh, that's dedication. And you know, as Browns fans, if there's one thing we appreciate, it's dedication and loyalty. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so guys, I am. Um, uh, Tom brought it up. I am drinking a Great Lakes beer. I'm I'm drinking a Christmas ale just because I I found some on uh, on sale at a local uh, beer and wine store recently, and I'm like, you know what? I I'm gonna get some. It's a good deal. So so I bought a six, and I thought um, I thought I'll have one tonight. So I don't think I need to tell anybody what a Great Lakes Christmas ale tastes like. So so we're gonna close the segment out. And we're going to move on to the part where we get to hear about Tom's journey as a Browns fan, his Browns fandom, um, how it started, um, you know, highlights, lowlights. <laughs> Tom, whatever you want to share with us, I'm just going to oh. turn it over to you. Okay, sure. So I go back, um, I go back to the Brian Sype days, the late 80s, original cardiac kids, um, Red Right 88. The playoff game against Oakland, that was the day that I learned what it was going to be like to be a Browns fan. And um, somehow I didn't run away in terror. I didn't, you know, wise up and be like, this isn't going to work. Um, so I've stuck with it. Even though that was the that was my first team, it's always going to be those Kozar mid, you know, mid to late 80s teams. There's something about them that just I know, you know, you know, they didn't get they didn't um bring home a championship obviously but 
something about those teams is just it still sticks with you. Um, you know, you can still remember, you know, where you were, uh, you know, or remember watching, you know, the playoff, the overtime win against the Steelers in 86, you know, the big games in 87, you know, watching the two AFC championship games and then, um, you know, just living through, you know, everything that went on in the 90s and just everything that's gone on since the team has come back. You know, there's been times where, you know, you talk to people and they're like, why, you know, why do you do this? Why do you stick with this team? And it's like, well, you know, if if I didn't bail on them when they moved, I'm certainly not going to quit on them now. And some of it is you can always talk yourself into, all right, they finally got it right this time. This time it's going to work. I don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be the one who who walks away a year too early. You know, that that's fine when you're, when you're an athlete. You know, it's better to retire a year early than a year too late, as, you know, as they always say. But you don't want to be the fan that walks away just before it happened, you know, right before they get it actually turned around. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, you know, you felt there's been those times where you felt that they were actually on the right track. And obviously, you know, two years, was it only two years ago, two years ago when they, uh, you know, they won the playoff game in Pittsburgh and then they pushed, yeah. you know, the Chiefs, you know, they gave them a good battle and you finally thought, oh my gosh, this is it. And then obviously, you know, the Browns, the Browns is the Browns and it came back to, uh, you know, shut everybody down. And it just seems like, oh my gosh, that seems like forever ago, but now we're back into a cycle where it feels like, you know, they're, they're on the right track. I know the last two years have been rough, but you can rationalize and you can talk yourself into, well, yeah, it was, everything was so bad, but they were still, you know, they don't do this. Maybe they don't blow this game, you know, special teams doesn't defense doesn't fall apart then all of a sudden they're in the playoff hunt so all those bad things can't happen again this year but you know we know we all know that we've been doing this long enough that that might not be the case but you know i think they're i'd like to think that they're moving in the right direction and um i think you know the i think they have the right leadership team i think they have a good you know they have the right coach whether or not they have the right players you know, we'll see. It all comes down to, you know, if they finally, you know, if hit on that quarterback position, because, you know, as you see, that's that's the key. Everything, you know, they can do everything else right. And if they, you know, don't get that one position right, then, you know, it, it's all it's all meaningless. Yeah, yeah. And Very like true. you said, there was a playoffs and then the, the last two years, it's kind of been quarterback issues. And that's nothing against Jacoby Brissett. Um, obviously, he played great, but um but yeah, this suspension and everything. So you can you can look at it and and say, you know, if this and if that, then it, it's it's definitely you feel like you feel like even before we see what next year's team looks like, that um, you feel like they could easily turn the corner, and and that's. Um, not that any of us wouldn't come back anyways, but it definitely keeps the optimism kind of flowing, you know, mm -hmm. as much optimism as you can have about this team at some points. Right. Because, you know, it, the, the season comes to an end, everybody's disappointed, and then it slowly builds and slowly builds. And then as soon as they drop that announcement that, OK, tickets are available for training camp, you know, the place is just going to be packed and people are going to be, you know, are going to be hyped up. They're going to be ready to go. The season's going to come. The home opener is going to be, you know, everybody's going to be ready and fired up, um, ready to go. And you see where it goes from there. I mean, they've sold out 
what is it like I, I forget i read i read a terry pluto article the other day when he was talking about the stadium and you know I've, i think it's what four or five years now they've sold out every game maybe it was like three or four years but you know the market's there and people yeah. people want it it's i know it's i know fans of other the other professional teams in town get upset when people point out that cleveland for right or wrong is a football town and but it's it's the truth and that's and it doesn't i don't think that has to diminish what you know obviously the Cavs are fun to watch we know you know the guardians are going to be right in there it's just a different the nature of football is just different it's just different it it hits different in northeast ohio you know know, there's only 17 games so it's a little bit easier you know to get in um, invested in it versus you know that april well, I guess it's March to October baseball season. I mean, that is forever. Yeah. <laughs> and there's only a couple of months that you can go that it's really nice right. you know, to go. So um, yeah. I think we're getting off on a bit of a tangent here, but it's all right. That's all right. But yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, it, it's definitely easier to to be invested in a in, in a lesser number of games um, for the long haul. But um, but yeah, you do have to tip your cap to the Cavs and what they're doing and um and the Indians are what they did last year, or Guardians. Um, I, I think I'm still within the window of being able to call them the Indians without getting too much flack. So, um, anyways, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to some Browns news, guys. Um, some of this is news. Some of it's just kind of rumors and stuff. The, the stuff that came out about uh, the Nick Chubb trade and everybody kind of freaking out, you know, that that he could be traded, and then and then it came out that he wasn't going to be traded. Uh, what do you guys think about this? All this talk and everybody freaking out. Um, yeah, Jeff, let's get your thoughts first. Yeah, it, it's a silly season. I mean, it's it's fine to speculate this time of year. Um, so, you know. From the perspective of should we trade Nick Chubb, I, I'm actually I'm absolutely of the school of thought that I want him to be here and retire here. Um, but when you take a step back, look at arm's length. I mean, there truly is nobody untouchable on a football team. Everybody can be replaced, and if the deal is there that makes us a Super Bowl team, um, I'm going to make that deal ten times out of ten. Um, that doesn't mean any of that's actually going to happen. You're going to find that partner. So speculate all you want this time of year, have fun with it. Um, but you know, another couple of months we'll be talking about reality. Yeah. So, so what did you think, Tom, and where, where would you stand on, you know, if, if Nick Chubb were actually placed on the trade block, how would you feel? You know, I, you know, so many people talk about how, you know, running backs are, you can't pay running backs. You're, you're never going to give a running back a second contract. Running backs, you know, they're all replaceable. You don't need one. And then the same people turn around and be like, oh, well, they should trade Nick Chubb because they're going to get, you know, two first round draft picks. Well, you can't, well, which one is it? Either you don't value running backs or you, you know, or you're, if you do, then why would you, how are you going to, if if they don't have value, how are you going to get all these draft picks for them? It's also, you know, I understand there's very strat- there's very strategies to building a team but not to be not to come off as sounding like I'm anti analytics because I am 
I am so far not that. I mean, I, I totally, there's the more data you have, the better you off you can be, but just because a spreadsheet or somebody, a fan can put together a salary cap projection of, well, you should just get rid of this player because of X, Y, and Z. That doesn't mean that there's value in it. And mm-hmm. sure, maybe running backs are a dime a dozen, but not all running backs are Nick Chubb. And for me, yeah. maybe I'm old, I'm a little bit old fashioned, but I like having good players on the team as opposed to getting rid of good players. So when you have them, <laughs> hold on to them because this team has trouble getting good players. And there's certainly a lot of ways we all know. I mean, there's it's no it's no secret that there are certainly ways to, um, you know, adjust contracts and make everything work so you can get the players that you want to get. And Andrew Barry is going to go out and the money if, if a player doesn't come here, it's not going to be because they don't have the money to spend on them and yeah. certainly getting rid and hoping that, you know, Jerome Ford and Dearness Johnson can give you the same level of production and the same level of talent and just everything else that Nick Chubb brings to the field. It just because you want to you get rid of them just because you think, it you know, you want to be clever or you think that there's somehow going to be a market for it um, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I agree. And especially with the part about not all running backs are Nick Chubb. So th- this isn't about the idea of not paying a running back. It's, you know, or, or that you can't pay a running back. It's this is Nick Chubb. I mean, he's just he's different. Let uh, me ask you this, Rod. If yeah, I mean, no, where based on where our roster is today, OK, and where our window is for contention. OK, if if the deal was there that. You traded Nick Chubb, and, and and let's just also assume that the contracts are roughly equal and, and all that, right? That you know we would have we would have both players for about the same amount of time, that kind of thing, right? So would you trade Nick Chubb, generally considered top two or three running back in the league, for a top two or three defensive end in the league right now? Um. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a tough call. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I'll defer to Tom on that. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't know. Um, I just, I mean, it, it's hard for me because I see Nick Chubb, the football player, also know what he is as a player on the team and the way he, the way he acts and what he brings to the team too, um, which I think is that more valuable than just him as a player, um, mm-hmm. his presence. Um, so I, th- I think there's some value to that. Um, I don't believe that, that, um, they are going to be able to go, uh, week one and have Deshaun Watson come out and throw the ball 40 times and only need Nick Chubb to run it eight times, you know, a game all of a sudden, uh, right. they're, they're going to need him. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I think he's going to make a difference and still, especially this, this first season under Watson, you and maybe by Watson the second full season, maybe you don't maybe you don't need a Nick Chubb as at running back. But this season, I think you do. Yeah, I, I think it just illustrates positional value, right? That um, mm-hmm. I I don't think the team that controls that defensive end makes that trade either. Right. And I think and that kind of goes back to, you know, I think that was a much clearer way of, of saying what I was trying to say before of, oh, you should just trade him for a bunch of draft picks. But running backs don't matter. Right. 
So, and also, it, you know, if you're well, the opposing defense and you're lining up against the Browns, what makes Deshaun Watson and what make a better quarterback having Jerome Ford behind him or having Nick Chubb behind him, lined up behind him? Right. I think yeah. part of that argument, too, goes back to not necessarily making your team better, but people wanted to do it to clear cap space. And and that's ridiculous. They don't need to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, well, there are other ways to do it. Right. That's that's not my first move if I'm in cap trouble. Yeah, there there are a couple guys who they can just let their contracts go this this season, and I think Nick Chubb is one, and Amari Cooper is probably the other. They can play with most of the other guys' contracts. Um, you know, the other guys who are making you know enough money to be concerned about. So right. I, I I think those are the guys you just kind of let their contracts ride. You know, unless you really have to do something. Yeah. You know, unless, like you said, Jeff, unless something is really offered that's that just um, blows your doors off, you know, um, mm-hmm. then I guess you look at it. But um, I just Nick Nick Chubb is making, um, and this is his base salary is is ten point eight million this year. You know, I, I was just looking at the the running backs who were uh, who were um, um, tagged now. I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys can help me with this. I assume these guys are all going to stay with the team to tag them, that they weren't tagged in order to be moved. But Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, and Saquon Barkley were all tagged, and they're all, I believe, in line to make $10.1 million, about the same as Nick Chubb. Now, I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, that the, the Raiders, the Cowboys, and the Giants are all, you know, teams that know how to get to the Super Bowl or anything. But they're all willing to pay these guys. Um, and I'll take Nick Chubb. Uh, I mean, Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley are darn good players, but um, Nick Chubb's right up there with them. Yep. So that that's getting into the free agents that I had written down, so a little bit. But uh, and the Browns <laughs> tendered uh, Thomas Graham Jr. and Ben Still. I guess some other guys they didn't tender, but I, I guess there's still a window to do that on some of these guys. Um, Thomas Graham really didn't play a lot last year, but I know he came from Chicago. Um, people thought people thought a lot about him. So um, I, I don't know. I, I guess uh, with Greedy being gone, and I don't know how some of the other corners are going to shake out um, as far as how many spots there are, but I guess there's a shot that uh, that Thomas Graham could potentially uh, challenge for a bit of playing time next season. Um, mm-hmm. Conceivably. Yeah, yeah, depending I on guess, who, they, who else I, they bring in. Yeah, I mean, they're still they're still going to sign some free agents and draft right. some guys too. So, right. so you never know. It's kind of early yeah. to talk about playing time, but uh, yeah, but yeah they obviously need, uh, like him. You need special teams guys too. Well, that's a good point. That's a you good know, point. So you need some guys to fill out there. And I know um, he didn't play a lot, but you know he played almost thirty percent of the special team snaps last year mm-hmm. in seven game or across seven games. So mm-hmm. you know he was on the field there a bit. Um, and and that's fine because as long as nobody gets hurt, you know, you got your three-headed cornerback situation with Ward, um, Newsom, and Emerson. So you're all mm-hmm. you're set with that. And then, you know, they still seem to like age, you know, they like AJ Green. So 
that's your that's your fourth guy. And I just think you know you need it, this was just a move to you know keep somebody around that um, you know they might uh, they might like or like you said just um, he's a young guy who you know, they can throw out there on special teams and let uh, see what Bubba can do with him. Yeah, yeah, and, I I think these two guys are bookkeeping moves, Rod. I mean, they're the, the exclusive rights guys that are yeah, on, yeah. on the roster right now, and and yeah, AJ Green is the restricted guy. So, um, you know, at, at this point in the calendar, these are the moves that you're making. Not necessarily thinking that anybody's going to get any playing time. It's just bodies on the roster for the start of camp. Yeah, I I think they probably like Thomas Graham, but yeah, obviously they're not going to hand him anything. Um. AJ Green, he is he he, he is uh, is he not a free agent, guys? He's a restricted free agent. He's an RFA. Okay, I wasn't sure yeah. about that one. Okay, yeah, gotcha. So yeah, so they'll deal with that. And Ben still, I guess uh, he played a little bit, not a lot, but um, I I wouldn't be too comfortable if I were really any of the defensive tackles currently on the Browns roster. Um, <laughs> not too many of those guys need, you know. Right. I wouldn't go buying a new house or anything right. like that. So, um, okay, let's, 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 uh, this is a Browns podcast, but there's just a lot of stuff going on around the NFL right now. So, uh, the Browns should feel kind of responsible for this, but, um, Lamar Jackson guys, so uh, the, the Ravens, uh, put the franchise tag on him and, uh, he's now trying to, to, find a home which uh they're trying trying to get a deal someplace else which the ravens can match and uh he's not getting any takers at least not when i checked before we started recording a lot of teams are are just uh holding up the no sign as fast as you know as fast as that tag went on him yeah what's going on here um Jeff, I mean, I've saw some people tweet about, you know, this looks like collusion by the by the owners. Um, I don't know if it's collusion or if, you know, or if uh, the owners have been reading all the the tweets about him being a running back and not a quarterback or yeah. or what the deal is. Um, there there should be interest in this guy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's a winner. He's found ways to win, but. Um, I'm not sure that that the the way that Baltimore has been successful with him can be replicated a lot of other places. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, he is fairly one dimensional um, in you know in his skill set. So I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't believe that there's any colluding going on. I mean, these owners have boatloads of money. They don't. They don't need to save a few bucks by risking a lawsuit or, you know, putting their antitrust exemption in, in jeopardy or anything like that. So, mm. um, yeah, I mean, he's going to get paid, but I'm not all that surprised that a bunch of other NFL teams aren't beating a path to his door just based on the player that he is. Yeah, he, he's he is a guy who kind of needs to fit your roster or or you need to probably turn some things around a little bit mm. to to fit with him um tom let's bring you in on this mm-hmm. um 
You told me Atlanta, and then as soon as I started looking, Atlanta said they were they out. They said, oh, yeah, they're <laughs> out. Well, that's the, you know, you're not allowed to talk to any of these guys until next week anyways. So all these yeah. teams that are, quote, out, you know, it's going to be funny when all of a sudden they're back in. Right. But yeah, and, and true. this is the, the weird thing, which, I, I mean, the Browns can't beat the Ravens with Jackson at quarterback. But he's got as many wins in the playoffs as Baker Mayfield. His completion percentage has gone down four years in a row. His yards have gone down four years in a row. His touchdowns have gone down four years in a row. His interceptions have gone up. He's missed games with injuries each of the last two seasons. It's true. You know, this whole thing that people should be beating down, you know, the door to just give him a blank check is like, well, maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe they've gotten word that he wants 300 million guaranteed or some ridiculous number. And, you know, if I'm interested in him and the, they put the franchise tag on him at four o'clock and four oh one, I'm out there screaming from the rooftop that, hey, Lamar, come on over here. We got to talk. All that's doing is raising his price. So yeah, this yeah. whole thing that um, and it's not like the people haven't, you know, the NFL hasn't watched him the last two or three years and seen what's happened to him. You know, they've they, they've had plenty of tape. They've had plenty of reasons. So this idea that they, you know, he hits and they knew that they were going to tag him if they didn't sign him. So it's not like they haven't had time to do their homework, knowing that he could be a potential free agent. But it's yeah, it's it's just it just seems like such, you know, a, people wanting to run out there and grab hold of some hot take and and they just want to yell it without thinking about, you know, that's what's more important than whether it's like, you know, what's what's going on here. And I can be I mean, yeah. shit, I can be 100 percent wrong on this. But, uh, you know, it. but like I said, you know, I'm I'm not sure you look at his post. You know, everybody says he's a winner, but it's like, well, what have they won with him in the postseason? You know, they haven't. I mean, he is one playoff sure. win came against Tennessee. He gets them to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, right. beating yeah. Tennessee in the playoffs is not that hard. So what you know, <laughs> you got to kind of look at the whole picture there, and look at that. But but again, it's it's a very contradictory thing because I you say that I say well I don't I'm not going to lump you guys in I say that, but then you know Raider fans can be like well you guys suck you guys can't beat him and it's like it's true, you know it's maddening that the Browns can't figure out a way to beat him, but so it would be cool if he would go somewhere else, but it would also be kind of cool in a way. If, you know, the Ravens were on the hook for a giant bag of money because Andrew Barry, you know, was able to look down the road and give his quarterback a large chunk of money, knowing that in turn, the Ravens are going to have to deal with that with Lamar Jackson. The Bengals are going to have to deal with that with Joe Burrow. The Chargers are going to have to deal with that with Justin Herbert and so and so down the road. So maybe I'm giving too much credit to, uh, you know, Andrew Barry's, you know, powers, but he he's not dumb. I mean, you can say what you want, but the guy's guy, pretty the guy's pretty, the guy's pretty bright. Things. So yeah, I think, you know, that yeah, might have yeah. been a little bonus, you know, to the whole to the whole deal. And, you know, this idea that um staying in the division, this idea that Bengal fans, you know, keep putting out that, you know, Burrow is gonna take some kind of like massive discount because all he cares about is winning and he wants to keep the team. It's like, no, he's going to he squeeze them for every penny he can. <laughs> and he'd be nuts not to. 
So, you know, that's why Mike Brown had to sell, you know, the naming rights to the stadium. He needs to start building up that bucket of cash that he's going to have to put into escrow, you know, that's going to handicap that team in, with other, in other areas. So, yeah. um, you know, and maybe it doesn't work out with the Browns and Watson, but that doesn't mean that, you know, they can't, you know, sticking it to the Bengals and the Ravens doesn't have its own little pleasure to it as well. That's true. And you make, you make such a great point with the, with the injuries. And, and honestly, I had forgotten about this, but when, when Lamar and, and uh, Josh Allen came into the league, uh, same, same year as, uh, same year as Baker, but I, I made a bet with a guy who isn't even on Twitter anymore. I said, you know, the bet was who was going to be better, Lamar or Josh Allen? Because I said in the long run, Josh Allen's going to be a better quarterback. Um, this was before either one of them even played in the league. And and I said at that point, I said, Lamar is just going to get the crap beat out of him. I said, he's probably not going to survive two seasons. Well, he survived a lot longer than that, but maybe the toll of the way he plays has caught up with him with these injuries. And, you know, maybe it is hard to know how, you know, how he's going to hold up um, Mm -hmm. for the rest of his career. So maybe, you know, maybe teams are taking that into account um, because of him being that running style quarterback. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, he's not the biggest guy, um, you know, uh, to play the way he plays and he's so dynamic. And, and I mean, it's, I, I say it's fun to watch him. It's fun to watch him when he's not playing against the Browns. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, J- Josh Allen runs the ball a lot too. Okay, but but he does too. He, but, he makes his living with his arms. Yeah, he's and and he's he's a little bit bigger too. Yeah, <laughs> he's a big dude. So um, sure. yeah, he still takes more punishment than he should. Um, he's going to have to figure out how to not not do you know not. Uh, not get hammered like he does, or it's going to hurt him in the long run too. Right. But, um, but yeah, so, so Tom, if you had to, uh, if you had to predict where you think Lamar is going to end up, um, do you see any spots where he, where you think he fits? Well, you know, he's going to, you know, he's just going to end up being messed in Baltimore. They're going to, they're going to somehow figure it out. They'll work it out. But, um, you know, there's definitely a lot of teams out there that, you know, need a quarterback, um, whether they have, you know, the financial resources. You know, Atlanta needs one. Carolina needs one. Let's just kind of think, um, hey, Pittsburgh could use a quarterback. (laughs) Um, So, you know, Detroit could use a quarterback. I don't know if he'd want to go to Detroit. You know, know, who knows what the 49ers are going to do, you know, with – what they got going on. Tampa needs a quarterback. Um, you know, Miami was supposedly very interested in him before, you know, Tua, you know, started doing mm-hmm. his thing, but he's another guy. I mean, and I, I love Tua. I think he's fun to watch. I think he's a, he's a fun quarterback to, to watch, but you know, after what he went through this year, I don't know how confident you can be in him as a long-term just because yeah. who knows what's going to go on with his head. Yeah. And, and that's a really sad thing to say. It's not like, you know, we're talking about Lamar getting hit and, you know, he's going to maybe hurt a knee or he's going to get something hurt that's going to sideline him. But, you know, the risk, I think, is there probably even greater with Tua just because once those concussions start going, they just it's easier and easier to get that second one. So you could, you know, put Miami on the list. Um, but, you know, in a world where, 
you know, Daniel Jones is getting what it, I, you know, what was it? 80, 90 million guaranteed. 82, you know, million. today, um, you know, the Seahawks are throwing out eight years of stats of Geno Smith and based off of one, you know, kind of decent season thinking he's going to be the next Jim Plunkett and figure it out late in his career. And they're giving him a, a boatload of money. Somebody's out there who's somebody's out there who will pay. And it's it'll probably oh. just be the Ravens because that's the Browns luck. You know, he'll stay in the division and they'll be probably. going up against him and Burrow for the next, you know, 10 years. Yeah, and the Browns will continue to beat the Ravens in every statistical category in games except points scored. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Yep, the Browns beat them in yards and, and turnovers and everything. Well, it's such, a, it's such a weird dynamic because they can't beat the Ravens, but they, could, but, the, and, but they can beat the Bengals. Yeah. You know, I mean, they That's had that, crazy. you know, the last one this year didn't, you know, didn't go their way. But, you know, it's just it's such a weird and then. Yeah, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh could could uh, stroll out eleven guys from the parking lot, and the Browns would still struggle against them. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's just it's the uniforms. It's something. Yeah. So, um, but that would be a heck of a story if they threw a if they threw a, a, a Mondo contract at him, just to either you know they'd be have to they'd either be you know sticking it to the Ravens to try to, you know, up how much they have to pay, or if they don't want to pay, they got to surrender two first round picks, but they're picking up a quarterback that, you know, knows the division. They don't have, you know, he could be kind of a plug and play guy. So I don't know yeah. if that's the Steeler way, but it'd be interesting to see if they, it'd be really fun to see them jump into it just to kind of see everybody get worked up about it. <laughs> it, would. it would. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm assuming Steelers. The Steelers are probably okay on cap now. I know they were real tight, but that was back before Ben retired. So mm-hmm. um, I assume they probably are fine on cap space now. So um, yeah, you you were talking about the other quarterback signings. Um, Daniel Jones, four years, 160 million with 82 million guaranteed. Uh, yeah, I mean he had a pretty nice season, but. You know, 15 touchdowns. They only beat one team with a winning record after the month of October. And how much value do you put in beating Kirk Cousins in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) 15 touchdowns, four picks. So if you're looking at the ratio, it looks nice. But Mm -hmm. 3,200 yards passing, I mean, it's it's decent. But (laughs) four years, 160 million for Daniel Jones. Um, Just shows you how hard it is to get a franchise quarterback. Quarterback. Well, going back, um, sticking with the New York thing and going back to Jackson for a minute, why, why would the Jets not be, not be all in? If they're all in on a 39 year old Aaron Rodgers, why would you not be, you know, at least they're made, they're going to make the call, but what, you know, you would think they'd be making the call to Jackson and say, look, you know, if you're if you're willing to leave the Ravens, we got supposedly we got a defense that's all ready to go. You know, we got some wide receivers. We, you know, come on, come on up here. And, you know, instead of, you know, playing that wheel, spinning the wheel on Rodgers for maybe two years. And then if you don't win it, you're right back. Um, you're right back where you started. I would think they'd be in on them on it, too. It could be they're I, they're probably going to see how what happens with Rodgers. Mm-hmm. I would think first. Um, I don't know, Jeff. What would you do? Two years with Rodgers, or would you try to sign Lamar long term? Jeez, I, I you know I don't know what Aaron Rodgers has left. Um, <laughs> he hasn't exactly looked great the last couple seasons, has he? 
Well, not great. But, I mean, he was thrown to two rookie wide receivers last year who were kind of learning their, you know, their way for the most part. Uh, yeah. Two rookies and Alan Lazard. I mean, I don't you know, think it's he's not the best clubhouse guy either. Mm-hmm. Not really, but um, so you know, maybe yeah, he'd you don't be happy in New York. I don't know how yeah. he'd hold up to. I mean, New York's a yeah. long way from Green Bay. Yeah. So, and you know, there's a lot of differences, but you know, it's hard. It's it's hard because you can't. Quarterback's the most important position, and if you have a shot to go for it, obviously you need to go for it. But for every Peyton Manning that works out in Denver with getting their Super Bowl. You can see all the other times you're really just if you don't if you make a swing for an older player like that and just I mean, look at the Jets when they did Favre and then he went to Minnesota. If you don't win, you're just right back where you you're, you still haven't solved your quarterback problem. You've just delayed it for two years. Right. So that's yeah. you know that's that's the downside. I've always thought of getting that older aging guy, you know, if it works out. For the Broncos with Russ Wilson, then it did. But if not, they, you know, it, they, you had, they felt they had to take the shot. But and he's got more than a couple. He should, in theory, have more than a couple years left. But, you know, if you got a guy who's 39, now it worked out with Tampa with Brady, obviously. But, you know, that's that's the risk of, you know, so you would trade, you would probably trade that off 10 times out of 10 of, I'll put up, you know, I'll accept it in three years. We're back at the drawing board if you bring home a Super Bowl title. But if you don't, then, you yeah. know, what, you know, what did you really get out of it? I I think most people would gamble with Aaron Rodgers, even at 39, mm-hmm. um, just because of what he can do on, on the football field. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't see Green Bay play a ton last year, but I think he can, I think he can still throw the football. And if he's 90% Aaron Rodgers, he's a hell of a quarterback. So, um, yeah, well, and but, since and so I'm going to throw a question out to you guys since we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, you know, I you know it's it's easy to think back to that draft and him sitting there and the Browns deciding, yeah, we're going to take Brady Quinn and we're going to pass on Aaron Rodgers. Could we have put up with Aaron Rodgers for the past what has he played 17 years here in Cleveland? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would. I hope I got that right. That, that was our, they were in the theory, same draft, right? Our theory here, Tom, is that um, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> would never have become Aaron Rodgers if he had been drafted by us, because he never would have gotten the chance. There you go as well. Yep, and that's, you know, and that's kind, kind of, of our, always our answer about those hindsight things. You know, mm-hmm. he would have sat behind. I'm trying to think who was uh, who. Spurgeon Wynn or somebody would have started yeah, ahead of him. No, who was yeah. who played before Brady Quinn? I'm trying to think. Charlie Fry maybe or something. He. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, because it was, it was Charlie and Derek Anderson with, with Aaron Rodgers on the bench, and they would have traded Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> right. It would have been something crazy like that. So so yeah. Um, no, I mean I I wish uh, I wish the Browns would have had somebody like that, but. You don't know if he would have developed the same way. I mean, he's obviously obviously has the has the talent and everything, but it's it's so hard to say. And obviously, I I got that I got the reference wrong. It was it was 2005 when Rodgers was drafted, not not 2007 with Brady. So you guys could you guys need to edit that out on me, edit me out on that part. <laughs> so see, well, we never I, we I, never I, make we, mistakes like that on this show. Tom. Yeah, so I rely on my uh, I rely on my memory sometimes a little bit too much, and then then I start right. looking things up. It's like ah oh, crap. Right. Um, but let's see. 
All I care about draft. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He was sitting there in 2005. I mean, they didn't have to take Braylon Edwards. They could have taken Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. 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 That would have been good. Um, Oh, well. (laughs) The only thing I really care about is that they just, just even now, I don't want any more quarterbacks taken at 22. Just Mm -hmm. that's happened too many times. And, uh, And yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Daniel Jones, um, Geno Smith, three years, seventy-five million maximum, up to one hundred and five million, and forty million of that is guaranteed mm-hmm. for Geno Smith. And again, I'm not going to disparage these guys, but that's one good year after being right. pretty much a career backup. Um, you know, I mean, he was not great when he was with the Giants when he did start. Um, Derek Carr. Signs with uh, with the Saints, four years, one hundred and fifty million, with a hundred million guaranteed. So the Saints are more than happy to to uh, to pay Derek Carr, even though the Raiders think he stinks. So, um, well, I wouldn't put too much credit in anything Josh McDaniels does. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've never you know, really I'm getting got, you guys in all kinds of trouble here because you're going to get hit, you know anytime you're a Browns fan and you start talking about other teams' quarterbacks. It's it's just open season, and I and I have to apologize. I mean, Sorry. you guys are just going to get lit up about this. I've I've never understood the whole Derek Carr thing. I thought the guys, I thought the you know I've always thought that he was a pretty good quarterback. Um, yeah. I always think blaming wins and losses on a quarterback all the time is is ridiculous. You know, the quarterback is not out there playing defense. Um, you know, should he be able to lead some, you know, some drives at the end of games and, 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 uh, you know, not, not, uh, turn the ball over it in opportune times. Yes. But man, you can't, you can't pin a team's fortune solely on a quarterback. And I think Derek Carr has been labeled as a guy who, who can't win or, you know, or just doesn't lead the team to wins and all this. And, you know, I, I think he's a better quarterback than that. I just think he yeah. is. Mm-hmm. You know, I think um, people tend to underestimate how much that injury when he broke his ankle and then he started taking some beatings. I think that really kind of affected him where, you know, he just doesn't. He, I mean, nobody wants to get hit, but he really doesn't want to get hit. And I think that kind of, um, you know, played a factor in it. Plus, I'm just, you know, you know, looking, we talk so much about, you um, you know, this this quarterback, that quarterback wouldn't have ever been developed or progressed, you know, in Cleveland. And, you know, he plays he plays, you know, in with the Raiders, he played under Dennis Allen, Dennis Allen. Yeah. Jack Del Rio, you know, Gruden, the meathead. And then and, you know, McDaniels, who made everything just because Tom Brady made him better. It's you know, it's not like he was getting a lot of, um, you know, good guidance there either. So. Right. I, you know, it's all it it all factors in. So he probably yeah. Yeah. he probably did the best he could in that with the situation um, he was in. But he obviously, you know, carries some of the, you know, some of the blame. But, you know, I'm just looking before this past year, you know, you had four straight seasons of almost 70 percent, you know, completion, four straight seasons of 4000 yards. You know, he's got good numbers. Yeah. Yeah. He had good numbers. It's just, you know, just things didn't, um, you know, um, I'm sure. He wasn't, you know, the one calling for that uh, wacky lateral play again, you know, against the Patriots, you know, this year. 
and you know things like yeah. that. So it's hard. Yeah, it's just it's just so hard because numbers you can't just go by raw numbers. Um, right. But you have to factor in a lot of different things. But you know, he probably yeah he probably you know you go from somebody who was third in MVP voting in 2016 to you know go home we don't want you anymore we're going to pay you to sit because we don't want to you know right. and now he's off to New Orleans so we'll see. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb, Rod, and say that if uh, if the Watson trade had not happened, and and in spite of how well Jacoby Brissett played this year, a vast majority of of our fan base would have been tickled pink if the Browns had been able to bring in Derek Carr. I would agree. I I would have been happy with it. I mean, he's you know it. I, because you have to be realistic. Um, I, I don't think the Browns, I don't know if the Browns would have gone after, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers at this point. Um, but I could see, I could see a four year deal with Derek Carr, like just yep. like this, you know? Okay. Yep. Let's, 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 let's go do the what if game again. They don't trade three first round picks for Watson. They don't, they're not on the hook for 200. So they got, they got their draft picks. They played out this last season with whatever. Maybe they, they maybe they let Mayfield play one more year. Maybe they let Jacoby play the whole year. Yeah. Do thou? And now we're into free agency, and all of a sudden you got Lamar Jackson sitting there. Do you give him two hundred fifty million guaranteed and give two first round picks to the Ravens, knowing that they probably won't or, or go up as high as you can, hoping that they, knowing that they don't match it, or if they do, you've you've hand struck them. Yeah. And do we want Lamar? Wow. I don't know. <laughs> that's a tough one <laughs> that's hard um yeah i i don't know i mean i <laughs> I, I think you know we, we I, said a couple of years ago we were saying that you know we we thought that it would evolve this way for the browns where you know like you said that, that we this this year would be the transitional quarterback year mm-hmm. and we'd try to figure it out going into next season right because nobody really saw the Watson deal happening at that point. And, um, you know, we always said that they would bring somebody in to compete with Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett or whoever. Right. And then they would be in the market for possibly a free agent quarterback or depending on how poorly they did, you know, drafting a quarterback um, going forward into, you know, 24, 23, 24, 25. And who would have thought at that point that Lamar Jackson would be available? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. who would have thought that Derek Carr would be available at that point? You know, it's it's hard to have that crystal ball. Exactly. Because, you know, Jackson, quarterbacks like that don't become available in free agency. Right. Right. No. I, I got to be honest, guys. If it's me, I I would probably go Derek Carr and spend the difference on defense mm-hmm. if it's me. <laughs> yeah. Um and yeah. that's no slam on on uh, on Jackson. I just you know again, it's it's his game, and making it work for your offense, and right. you know, and it changes things. And maybe maybe Jackson would fit in well with our offensive line, you know, and maybe he would run for a million yards with you know in, in our offense. But I just don't know. I I think I'm just you know I would rather have a. a pocket passer handing off to Nick Chubb and completing some passes you know, if he's completing 70% of his passes or whatever to, to our guys and handing off to Nick Chubb, I feel pretty good about that mm. and throwing for 4,000 yards um, or even close to it. 
you know, I feel pretty good about that. And especially if we have some money to beef up the defense. So mm -hmm. yeah. um, that, that would probably be my preference if they were in that boat. But, you know, looking at this, you know, you look at those contracts and then you look at the Deshaun Watson um, five year two two thirty, And it's like, man, the Browns, I've, you have to feel the influence of that contract. I mean, I mean, how how much does Daniel Jones get if not for that Watson deal? Do you do you think it's the same deal, guys, or not? I think probably just because of the position he plays. You know, so many people are, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, we can sit here and we can bag on Daniel Jones and it's fun and we're probably justified in doing so. But they were they've been around him. They were, you know, the, the coaches were around him every day all last year they know what they asked him to do and what they didn't ask him to do and you know if this if their evaluation is we're better off investing you know to, for the next two years at, at whatever you know the number is and then we can then we can reevaluate and get out of it after that then you know you kind of you can't really you know you can't really blame them too much i guess it's it's more you know it's more kind of just fun to kind of poke you know, kind of poke the bear a little bit on that one, just because yeah. um, I will be, I would expect them to come back down to earth because they're not going to have the same type of schedule. They're not going to, you know, teams get, you know, breaks here and there. And, you know, every year you see a team come up, you know, do well, and then they go right back to, you know, being, you know, crappy after that. And that's the one thing you don't want to be as much as we want and as great as it would be for the Browns to win a title. If they go back to, you know, being the four and 12 or the four and 13 Browns for the next four or five years after that, because it, they just had every break go their way. Then it's kind of like, eh, you know, you can you can live on that that title for a while, but then it's kind of like, well, let's let, we got to get you guys got to get this thing figured out again. So, yeah, I think there was I think true. there was a point in there somewhere. <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> But I think the Daniel Jones, that money, I mean, that, that goes back to what Jeff's saying. And it, it's not only, you know, it, it's not only, um, you know, finding a quarterback. It's saying, hey, we, we have somebody we're comfortable with. We want to lock him up because it's so it's so important and it's so hard to find a quarterback in this league. And, you know, it, teams are willing to overpay. I mean, I, everybody yeah. thought the Browns overpaid for Watson. They, by the time the Browns get three or four seasons into that deal, assuming Watson plays fairly well, you know, even if he's not the third best quarterback in the league, it's still not going to look like that bad of a deal at that point. No. Especially when, like you said, once Jackson and then Burrow and then, you know, Herbert starts signing their deals, it's going to be, he's going to be very comfortably right in the, you know, in like the upper third or whatever it'll be. Yeah, because the, those guys are going to get more. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Nobody ever gets last. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you when you're signing the top guys, uh, yeah, Burrow and Herbert are going to get are going to get more. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're the Bengals, what I mean, what else do you have going for you? If you if you know, if you're not if you're not going to pay, you know, burrow everything that you could possibly have i mean what else are you going to do i mean you're already you know you're a team that's in kentucky already you know your fans don't really you know they're they're having trouble attracting fans to the game i mean if for some bizarre reason 
they were they were in the same situation the Ravens are now in. I mean, what else have they got going for them down there? And, J- J- and I Burrow's like Joey turned, B. I mean, he's fun. Well, to he's turned the whole team around. He really has. Mm-hmm. They, and they they have other good players, but without Joe Burrow, that team uh, they they wouldn't be where they are. Not even close. It's you know it's it's again it's the value of having a quarterback. So you have to you have to pay the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's you also to, you know it definitely helps. Um, having in your playbook just heave it up near jamar chase and hope and let him make a play you know matthew stafford made a whole career on that with calvin johnson in detroit so yeah. as much yeah. as i love amari cooper it'd be great to have somebody like chase where it's like everything's falling apart it's like just heave it up to number one and he'll he'll get something done that's true that's true see even when i'm nice i i, I can i can still bag on the other teams in the division kind of yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> i like joey sometimes. b but he's only good because he has jamar chase that's not true. right. <laughs> it's the LSU influence. That's what really brought it out in him. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, know, you got to so, get toughened up down in the SEC. Yeah, let's talk about uh, let's talk about a couple other free agents. I kind of want to talk a little bit of defensive line guys before we get on out of here, um, because a bunch of these guys are being uh, again being like to the Browns and and uh, not sure what's. Uh, What's just rumors and what's actually happening? There, there was uh, there was news out uh, that the Browns were ready to offer uh, Javon Hargrave of the Eagles twenty million a season. Um, the Eagles have several free agents, and because of the Jim Schwartz connection, uh, there's word that some of these guys would like to play with him. Um, some are going to be available. Some won't be. The Eagles are going to keep some of these guys. Uh, uh, Javon Hargrave, uh, Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham, who, Tom, you wrote an article about Brandon Graham, so we'll get your mm-hmm. thoughts on him and maybe just let you talk about all three of these guys, you know, initially. Yeah, um, um, Graham would be interesting, but, you know, the only the only fear, obviously, is, is his age, but... Mm-hmm. He's not going to be an every down player. And I think uh, he could definitely take over that pass rushing defensive end opposite Garrett. It'd be, it'd be really nice. And he would obviously be very affordable. Um, you know, I've read though that he wants to go back to Philly. And if he doesn't, there's talk about he'll retire. But then he also says he wants to play for another two, three years. So you could definitely work out, you know, a two year contract with him, very reasonable. Um, that would give you an out after one year if, you know, if he did decide to, you know, hang it up or he didn't have, you know, have a big year. Um, you know, he's had some in- injury histories, but, you know, Clowney did too, and it worked with Clowney until it didn't. Yeah. So, yeah, um, you know, Hargrave is, <laughs> trying to think, how old is, how old is, Hargrave is, is definitely, now see, I'm going to say, that, I'm going to look this up before I say it. Okay, so 30. he's younger. Jeff's okay. a stats guy. He usually has a bunch of pages open. I'm That's just sitting here I'm, staring I'm, at I'm trying to Google paper. it real quick before I say something <laughs> stupid again. Um, so, yeah, he'd be, you know, he'd be cool, too. And this is one of the few times where, you know, and you you can't let history cloud what you're doing now. But, you know, so many times the Browns made a, you know, a coaching change and then the coach had to bring in their players. And it's and usually it was all a bunch of New England Patriot guys that were over the hill because if they weren't, <laughs> Belichick never would have let them leave. All right. But, you right, know, right. Romeo had to bring in his guys and, you know, Mangini had to bring in his. And it's just like, ugh, ugh. but at least, you know, now the people that might be attracted to playing 
again under Schwartz are guys that are at least, you know, hey, you know, it's like, okay, Javon Hargrave. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. You know, to have, you know, have him come here, whether, you know, they have the, you know, the money to do that or not. But I mean, they've got to do something to this for this defensive line. Because, you know, we already see, you know, Miles get triple teamed. You know, we're going to reach the point where the whole offensive line is going to be blocking him because they don't they have no they don't worry about anybody else because they don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. And and these Eagle players were all just in a Super Bowl, too. So we've talked on this podcast about the need to bring in somebody who can be, you know, a little more of a vocal leader and, and, you know, these guys might not all be cut out for that role, but if you bring somebody in, who's coming from a team that was in the Super Bowl, you at least hope that there can be some kind of influence there that, Hey guys, are going to listen to this guy a little bit because he's, he's been there and that's where we want to get to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. one of the benefits of bringing somebody in because short, you know, go, you know, saying on the defensive side, which in Schwartz, he can sit in that meeting room and say, I was in the trenches with this guy. This guy produced. Watch what he does and and learn from him. Alex Wright, watch what he does and learn from him. You've already been watching Miles. You know what Miles can do. Here's another guy that you can, you know, that you can learn from and you know help elevate that. And I, I've always wondered, it's hard. I, I always think it's hard. You have to have your leaders, I think, be your organically grown guys who have been on the team for a while. And I think that where it's always been hard in the past where you know, oh, we're going to bring in Willie McGinnis because he's going to be a leader. It's like, well, he comes in and he doesn't know anything about he knows how to play the game. And I'm not picking on him, but, you know, he doesn't know the culture of the team. He doesn't know the locker room. And I, I think it's probably got to be hard for those guys unless they're super assertive to maybe be able to take that role early on. And if only here for a year or two, because at the end of their career, you're not really getting that value out of it. But we might be able to get that um, with some of these younger, you know, somebody like that, where if you were to bring Hargrave in, you know, you could easily see him pairing here for three or four years and, mm-hmm. you know, finding his voice, you know, to help get everybody moving along and say, OK, you know, we can't just leave it. You know, we can't just leave everything up to miles. We got to pull our own weight here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking way back, but um, the Browns have brought guys in like that, like uh, like Carl Harrison and Lyle Alzado, but it's been way before mm-hmm. most Browns fans um, days, right. I guess. So, um, so yeah, but guys like that are, are just natural leaders, you know, because they've been around for so long and, and, and have proven themselves in the league. So mm-hmm. um, uh, most guys are going to have to acclimate themselves to the, like you said, to the the culture of the team. So um, I had a couple other names down here. I don't know if these guys have actually been tied to the Browns or if it, this was just rumors, but uh, Marcus Davenport defensive end for the saints and DeForest Buckner. Um, I guess he plays mostly DT for the, uh, for the Colts um, thoughts on these guys. I mean, I, I don't know what kind of money these guys are going to demand, but man, you, you just, you just hope the Browns can get some deals on some of these guys made. <laughs> so I think, you know, I think they'll probably be active. I don't, you know, whether they're going to, whether they want to, or they're going to, or they see value in making that big splash, you know, that gets everybody excited. I mean, you know how it is. If you've heard of somebody, most Browns fans want them signed immediately when they're free, as long as yeah. they've heard of the player. Right. Um, you know, and that's uh, yeah. that's not always, you know, the best way to go. You know, yeah. 
you have to build a team a certain way. But, you know, Buckner, he plays a position. Basically, anyone with a pulse who plays defensive tackle that's a free agent should be on their radar. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean... <laughs> It's it was it's it was bad. I mean, and I know that they didn't think it was going to be that bad. And this idea that they don't value that position or they ignored that position, you know, it's not because they signed, you know, free agents every year, you know, veteran guys and they just didn't work out. And then this year they, you know, kind of cratered. And so pretty much anybody they bring in should be an improvement. Um, But it would be nice to have really, you know, some kind of real difference maker you know, that they could get in there, um, you know, to just line up and, you know, get something done in the middle. Um, because we still, you know, we probably don't even have time to talk about the linebackers because, you know, other linebackers ended the season, you know, on IR last year. So, you know, they they <laughs> right. got to do something about that too. You know, obviously JOK is fine. It's going to be fine. But other than that, you know, they they got to do something there. Yeah, I don't know how healthy any yeah, this, any of those guys are going to be at the beginning of the season. I mean, they got a bunch of guys, um, you know, who who played and got hurt, and mm-hmm. some guys who looked pretty good while they were out there. But yeah, I don't I don't know if they're going to have to add more guys or if enough of those guys are healthy to to come up with a core of linebackers. Yeah, you would think Taki Taki's not going to be ready for the start of the season just because he got injured, you know, so late in the season. Late, you know. was late. Yeah, yeah so that's yep. going to take some yep. time. Um, you know, at least Walker, you know, got hurt in week three, so mm-hmm. he should be okay to come back. But, and that, that's got to be it. That, that injury sounds very painful to come back from. Those and, quad, you know, having, right? yeah. having a, a cheap shot, a Steeler cheap shot, you know, on, when you're laying on the ground, hurt doesn't help either. So, no. But it, but Walker <laughs> said it's okay. He 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 gave him. He said it was okay. He doesn't hold any ill will, so we should not either. Yeah. You know, I, I think this defense is more than one big splash player away from mm-hmm. being a top five defense. I mean, we have some we have some top players, but Jim Schwartz going to need a lot of smoke and mirrors with what he's got right now. Um, I think it's 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 a volume thing, and then the odds are much better that we're going to see a number of players in the you know seven to nine million dollar range than you know one or two guys in the fifteen to twenty million dollar range. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take most yeah. of those high dollar guys out of contention pretty early and start looking at the next tier. I, th- I think it's you know it's it's that's where we're, we're going to get the best value and that's where we've got the best chance of solving the most problems because we're we're not going to do it in the draft um, and unless we can really get lucky and you know in cap casualties or you know find the right trade you know um, like we did for um, Ronnie Harrison a couple of years ago or for you know um, Amari Cooper if we can find that kind of a deal where we get a real value guy for you know a low pick. Um, I just, I don't see how we're going to be able to go out and, and blow the budget on, on a marquee name. But, yeah. 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 Well, we can bring Larry up. We can bring Ogan Joby back. He's out there. He's probably out you know? there. So yeah, I'm just yeah. looking through the, you know, the list. Yeah. There's definitely some guys past that first, you know, obviously Hargrave is at the top, you know, Darren Payne, but he got, you know, he got, he got, he's, he's off the market. Too, right? So, yeah. um, you know, Dalvin Tomlinson's a guy to look at. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe Zach Allen from the Cardinals. Maybe, you know, he's only 25. And, you know, he's at least, you know, been trending upward. He's not great, but at least but compared to what you have, he's better than anything you got currently rolling out there last year. 
Um, kind of the same thing with Sheldon Rankins, maybe. You know, you guys, you want guys that are maybe you know a little bit on the on the upswing. So, but uh, we will see. Right. I'm not sure that that's the first domino that's going to fall for us. I, I think we're probably going to be looking safety first, and we're going to let that de-tackle market sort of settle out a little bit before we mm-hmm. find that's our like guys. A wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That could be. Yeah, that could be. You have to think because of how many spots they're they're wanting to fill a defensive tackle. Yeah. That, that, yeah. They they might be happy taking just like you said, Jeff. Um, two or three guys in that in that second or uh, however you want to categorize those tiers. Everybody that doesn't sign by April thirtieth, just bring them to camp. <laughs> yeah, and I mean Jim Schwartz has has a, a history of of working with these guys, you know, and, and making them, you know, and helping them uh, to be better players too. So not that not that you can just sign anybody yeah. and have them excel, but he probably knows the type of player that he wants, and he can probably say, you know, I can make something out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he, I assume he's. He probably has some names, and it's probably like we talked about these guys on the Eagles. There's probably some guys like that that he wants, but he probably knows some other guys that that he could that he could really uh, turn into something. Yeah, um, you know that are in that second, third tier, or whatever. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they spend money and where they go first. But um, having a true free safety on the team would would kind of be cool too. So right. Yeah, they need one of those too. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we've uh, we've gone a little bit over our hour, so so Tom, we thank you for sticking with us. And, oh, of uh, course, anytime. <laughs> um, I'm going to turn it over to you, Tom, and let you uh, let you give us some closing thoughts tonight. Uh. <laughs> Well, we covered a lot of stuff here, so uh, <laughs> I was feeling po- we were, I was feeling positive for a while. Then all of a sudden, we took, talking about all the holes on defense, and it's like, holy moly, Stefanski and Watson better get going because they're gonna have to put up fifty points a game. But uh, they'll figure they'll figure it out. Um, you know, yeah. I think uh, I tr- I still trust I trust in the in the trust in the coach. I trust in, in Andrew Barry that they're gonna they're gonna figure it out and. You know, just kind of see it's going to be interesting. A couple of weeks when free agency opens next week, draft might be a little bit, you know, not as exciting as normal. But um, like it's like we all said, once you know, once training camp hits, people are going to get fired up. I think having, you know, Watson back to being able to just have a normal or as close to a normal off season as possible, and work their way through things with not having everything hanging over them about what may happen, what may not happen, that has to that has to be a positive. And then just, um, you know, when September rolls around, just uh, let the chips fall where they may. See what happens. The one thing we can guarantee is they're going to show us something we've never seen before and that we can never unsee. That's the <laughs> only prediction I can give you that I can say it's a stone cold lock with this team, with this franchise. <laughs> That's true. That's Tom Moore. Just like week two. Just yeah. like week two last year against the Jets. Absolutely. And, That's t- and now I'm going to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's tom moore follow him at tom underscore red right 88 and find his work at dogs by nature jeff hit us up with some closing thoughts for tonight well we didn't 
get a chance to talk about the NFL Combine at all. Um, hopefully, we can allocate some time next week to get into that. That was we'll um, get back to that. There was some interesting stuff there. Um, so I'll just leave everybody with this thought. Uh, we talked a little bit about free agents um, and possibly needing a safety. Um, so I'm going to throw a name out to just kind of keep your eye on um, with Daniel Jones signing for 40 million and Saquon Barkley still sort of floating around out there. Um, the giants have to make a decision on Julian love. And if he ends up not re-signing there, we need to go full bore for him. Um, thousand snaps last year, roughly half of them as a true free safety would really fill our need 25 years old and we could get him for probably around eight to ten million dollars a year with that jj3 money um hopefully we can make that happen and then then let's see what happens on the d-line excellent i'm sure everybody's uh checking out julian love right now uh, this has been the browds blitz we thank you all for listening and we will catch you next time 